Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Boozdar, and this is episode five. This week, I sat down with Vincent Nguyen, a brain cancer survivor and one of the most inspiring people that I've ever met. A little bit of joy and a little bit of just real human connection. Just two good friends connecting, having a conversation, and hopefully bringing a little bit of light and joy to your day. Um, I think this episode encapsulates everything that I set out to achieve with this project. So thank you, Vince. Thank all of of you. Enjoy. Actually, you know what? You know what? Roll that intro one more time. on it but as it kind of went on and as finals approach for school I was more focused on school completely like I was zoned in completely I had tunnel vision I didn't really focus on the outside anymore yeah for the last like two three weeks it's been just school 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 grinding out that's been good though right so dude it's a weird yeah, feeling huh good. like um it's like I already got into Cal State Fullerton or whatever but yeah it's like I still have to make sure I don't fuck up it's weird and for both of us, and for you too, because at the same, like, you want to do well because your GPA matters, of course. Yeah. But you also, like, have this new, like, because you're in journalism and all that, and you can do from home, but it's not the same as, like, being in a space where we can, like, vibe off other people and, and school and creativity and all that, you oh, know? Oh, totally. So it's just like, yeah, so you just feel kind of lost sometimes. Yeah, and you know what, dude? Honestly, this whole, like, re, whatever, like, individual learning with, like, Zooms and all that stuff, I don't feel yeah. like I'm learning anywhere near what they're expecting me to thank god it's like astronomy or something you know nothing against astronomy but it has nothing to do with what my major is so you know but next semester is when it's going to be like hard for us because that's when we're really getting into the meat of it that's all upper division exactly yeah and it's going to be stuff that's pertinent to what what's your major again is it science psychology psychology okay it's not super sciencey, but at the same time, it's just like I'd rather have the in-person instructions so I can ask questions, so I can like, oh, dude, make, yeah. we can rebound ideas, you know? Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, both of our journalism is a people thing, you know, like you have to go out and find it stories is. and stuff, right? And the psychology is hundred yeah. percent also like a um, interaction thing. How do you think that's going to be, dude? Yeah, going like, forward for both of us, journalism and psychology is going to be affected by this whole, yeah, definitely pandemic, man. But from a psychology um, perspective, is, like, you must be like, holy shit. The yeah, things that people are going well, through right I, now? I want to I end up working in a hospital. So that's the thing. Like in a children's hospital, especially like at Chuck. But I can't even volunteer. I can't even get like my practicum hours anymore. Like I applied right before COVID happened. And then I like it, everything dropped because now they have to uh, accommodate for other pe- like other students. Yeah. And so I'm just like, like everything, everyone's careers are taking a step back. If you haven't started your career yet, it's a step back right now. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Which is, yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, let's, um, I don't know. Do you want, do you feel comfortable giving like a little bit of a back story of like just who you are and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, man. Uh, so my name is Vincent. I am 24 years old, turning 25 this year. Um, I led a relatively normal life until about 2016. 
and I was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, treatment took about six months, uh, thankfully, and I'm very grateful for that because most people go years and years of treatment. I went through five rounds of chemo and a whole month of radiation straight. Um, but I am in remission. December will be four years. And ever since then, I've just been working school, uh, working at REI just with Boozdar and getting to know him and just vibing off everyone around me. Yeah, dude. What about, um, so I think I know about your story, right? And then there's people yeah. that may not know it, but I think instead of diving into it, um, sort of like interviews that you've done, tons of times you know i don't want it to really be a piece that's like mm -hmm. similar to what you and i actually did before but i think diving into this aspect of you wanting to go into becoming a children working on a children's hospital um my main thing or my favorite thing about the conversation that we had previously when i interviewed you was why you wanted to go into that field you know the impact mm -hmm. that the people had on you and how it made you go I want to do this. Like I want to go to school. I want to put yeah. money. I want to put time and effort and this is my calling and what I want to do. I think that is amazing. And I would love to know like how that all came to fruition. Sure, man. Um, so when I was going through treatment, uh, I was kind of hit blindside cause I didn't know what was happening and they found a golf ball size tumor in the middle of my brain, yada, yada, yada. Uh, when I first got admitted to Chalk, I had I had exactly no idea what I was doing. It was kind of deer in the headlights, but this group of people called Child Life Specialists at uh, at Pediatric Hospital, sorry, um, they approached me and they just made me feel like at home almost, in a hospital, in a very foreign place. And not only did they take care of me, but they took care of my family. They made sure we were as comfortable as we could be. Um, they tried to organize events and invite me to them just to get me out of my, just get me out of the mindset of cancer in a sense. So watching what they do and watching how they make people's lives so much better in any way they can uh, really inspired me into trying to become one of them. And so my favorite story of all time is um, I was going down for a port surgery, which is normal for every cancer patient. I was like freaked out because I just had brain surgery. It hurt like hell. And now I have to have this poor surgery, which I had no idea what, what it was. And so as I was going down, there was a child life specialist named Carly. And she, like my, I was getting gurney down to the pre-op and she met me halfway. Like she just saw me. She was like, Oh, Hey, are you Vincent? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, Oh, hi, I'm Carly. Um, I didn't mean to meet you like this, but uh, I will be waiting for you when you come back. And then I was like, wait a minute, could you come down and pre-op? and just like be there with me because i'm freaked out right now she's like of course thank you so much for asking so she sat there with me for an hour and a half and just talked and cried with me and laughed with me and it just made me feel like i wasn't alone and for someone that hadn't had cancer to be able to do that for me it was monumental and i just want to i volunteer with uh at chalk right now and i volunteer with child life specialists and i hope to be to beat one uh, after I finished my master's degree. Yeah, man. That's so, I mean, amazing, you know, and I think that's, has the whole experience given you a different lease on life as far as, I don't know. So thinking as before you had this experience, were you a bit more selfish, a little bit more thinking about yourself? And then after something like this happens, do you feel like your perspective or the view on the world changed in a way that now you're thinking more like, 
less about yourself and more about others and how you can help them? It's kind of the opposite, actually. Because oh. even before, I was always trying to take care of other people and trying to take care of everyone around me as much as I could. And then afterwards, I started to realize that I spread myself way too thin and I couldn't take care of everyone as much as I wanted to because I couldn't take care of myself. So I actually started focusing a little bit more on myself, meditating, doing self-care stuff and trying to make myself a little bit better so I can help other people more now. So I kind of actually flipped on that, which is a really good question because yeah. I never really thought of it until That's crazy, right dude. Now, actually, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I guess um, that was more of a general statement, right? That would be like the general, yeah. no, no, regular no. way that, I guess, someone, storyline, traditional way that someone would uh, react to a situation like that. But that's really cool that you were able to kind of view it differently and understand that yeah. a little bit of self-love goes a long way and that can be hugely... Was, yeah. And for everyone listening, like self, you got to take care of yourself before you're able to take care of anyone else, whether it be relationship, friendship, even sometimes family. You just got to, you got to make sure you're good before, like you make sure other people are good. Definitely check up on other people, but got to make sure you're, you're good first before you can help other people. Yeah. What about the mindset of what you were going through? How does it feel to have everyone want to just help you so much, but also... Is there a moment during that period of time where you're like, leave me alone, man. Like, let me figure this out on my own. And like, I need to, you know, be with myself or has it always been, cause you said these child life specialists were people that were, you know, fundamental in your recovery, or at least far as like mentally feeling better. Did you feel like they were the people that you wanted to be someone that you almost didn't know on a personal level? And then the people that you knew personally, like your family members and stuff, they were kind of on the outside door. You're like, Hey, you guys can stay over there and come in when I kind of need you, but I want to be mostly by myself and with, you know, a specialist and that's it. My, my family, anyone around anyone, like any of my family or friends, I just want them to think I was okay because, um, there wasn't anything they could do. And that was the hardest part for them, for sure. But child life specialists, they, that is their job, that is their livelihood. So it just makes sense that they would understand me a little better. And they definitely did. And they were that for me. Nice. <clears throat> did you, and I mean, I don't want this to be a sensitive thing or whatever, but did you feel like Everything. you were a burden to your family? I, I did. And I still do now. Um, wow. okay. I get headaches. I get really bad headaches every day. It's like actually the last two days after finals finished, like, I guess, I don't know what it was, but maybe the stress was all like released in a sense. And these headaches have just been healing the last two days, but uh, I just kind of went down and I went with my, like, I went to go run errands, but I was still like, I wasn't able to talk to my mom really. Cause I was just in pain. But like when I feel like that, my, it makes me feel like, like my family's always worrying about me and always there's something happening. There's always something happening and it's not a time of peace ever for me. And I feel badly about that a lot, but, um, can't really control that. So I just do what I can to control what I can. Yeah. During that period of time when you were, you know, reflecting and kind of growing and learning to, I guess, look inward and be more like loving and caring to yourself. Did you feel like, that was a big period of time that you were able to feel better about what you just said, as far as like feeling that way about your family members and stuff. Did you feel like you're like, Hey, 
I don't have any control over this. It doesn't do me any good to like be upset about it. Or is that still just a daily struggle that you don't think is going to go away anytime soon? Uh, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but that is a big part of my personality is I like to take care of other people, but because I can't, I worry that I am a burden to other people. So like people who just ask how my day is going or check in on me, I just, I already feel bad because they feel like, or because I give up the, the persona of someone that needs to be checked in on. And I don't, I don't enjoy that. I know it's, I know they care and that's the big thing about it, but I just don't like people having to worry about me. So it's, it's a daily struggle, but um, during that self-reflection, right after two years after cancer, it was really, really dark. So every day I just wanted to be alone in the dark. But after that, I got into my cancer support group and they really helped me out of that. So yeah. To answer your question, it's a daily thing, but I, it kind of hasn't, it's gotten better, but it goes up and down. There you go. Sure. Is it, and this is also another thing that I'm going to have, like a general viewpoint of how I think that people generally respond to something like this, but whenever you survive a situation where you're, it's like a near-death experience or whatever, and you survive it, um, how does that play a role in like your view of life after that? Um definitely makes you more appreciative for sure but it also makes you kind of cynical because like you see what people are complaining about or is it cool if i bring up current events and all that yeah yeah dude go into a dive okay, cool so i i have like i'm i don't mean to be like too judgy here but, like the people who are protesting over haircuts and over not being able to go to the gym and not being able to go bowling and stuff like that. It just makes like personally me feel like that's so stupid because literally there's people fight. There are people fighting for their lives and they don't have a choice of what they can or want to do. They're just stuck. And now you want to go, you can't because you can't get a haircut. Your life is that much harder or you can't go bowling. You can't go to the gym. It's that much harder for you. Yeah. If you're like, if people are well off or, if people are doing okay and they're able to stay home, stay home. This is not, we cannot fight this with people just protesting and doing their own thing. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, these people that are protesting or whatever has your viewpoint changed? Do you think that before, or if this, you know, never happened with whatever, whatever, would you be one of those people mm-hmm. that would be out protesting and going like, Hey dude, what's going on? Like why would your like, just no. your whole worldly view would naturally be different. I would imagine. No, not even a little bit, bro. I'd still be that person that even if things were kind of rough, I'd still try to do my best to social distance, stay home to not infect other people, not to bring it home to my family as well. Because, uh, as you know, uh, my I only have my mom at home, or my mom and three other siblings, but my mom's the one that's that's vulnerable to all this. And if anything happened to her, and if I brought it home, I would never forgive myself. So I would never, ever, ever do that to anyone or to my mom, at least. Sure. Yeah. Do you think that? Um, yeah, like this. I mean, growing up, has your relationship with your siblings has that been up and down? Like, how is growing up? You want to dive in a little bit like it's, it's, it's interesting man because um my brothers and i are two years apart each and then my sister and i are eight years apart so it's a very it's very different uh when you think about 
like relationships and all that because on one end I'm eight years older than my sisters so it's kind of different eras different generations and then my brothers and I we grew up together in a sense so like we have a past and all that but for me personally um I I struggle with the relationships because like even personal relationships because I like to be alone a lot and like I said I told you before um this uh pandemic has forced me to be like a forced introvert when I'm just naturally an introvert already. So being forced into a house with other people and having us stay in one spot, it just kind of like, it really like almost pushes me to a point, you know, where I want to like almost break or like just collapse. And it sounds weird because they're my family, but it's just a lot of personalities going in. I'm not trying to manage anything, but it's just, it's hard to vibe with sometimes. Definitely. Do you have like a coping mechanism as far as something that you can go and do to get your mind off of things uh at the moment just because i'm i'm literally i'm really trying to social distance and just stay home um just sleep rest uh sometimes just watch videos online whether it be like self-help or whether it be just stuff to get my mind off of what's the situation you know sure you said you wanted to dive I, I, into like journaling and stuff have you gone into that at all or starting to write about your experiences and you know, your life. I tried to, bro, but it's hard to stay with it. I don't know. I don't know how, like you do that, right? You journal? I try to journal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's hard. I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's definitely not something where if you initially start out and go like, okay, cool. I need to write a journal every single day for the next, you know, X amount of time or whatever. You're probably not going to do it that way. And then you're going to be really bummed out that you didn't live up to that expectation or whatever. But I think not setting any sort of goal and just kind of like when you think of something or an idea pops into your head, just write it down, you know? And then I think, yeah, even, but go ahead. No, 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 dude, go. What what were you going to say? So like, even with like the go with the flow and whenever I feel like something, writing something, just write it. I still find it hard, dude. Like just grabbing that pen and notebook and just starting to write. And then just kind of like, I have in writer's block, but you just don't have motivation. No. Yeah, that's fine. That's just because that's probably not the form of expression that you are going to be the most comfortable with. Yeah. So there's still a way of you trying to get out your message. That's still there, right? But it's not going to be in the form of a pen and pencil. It might be in the form of, I don't know, you listen to music. You have good taste in music. I like to think so. <laughs> so I would imagine like music is a good escape for you. I don't know if it's anything that you've ever thought about diving into, making music, writing songs, or composing music, whether it's like making beats or something. Have you thought about that? It's definitely an interesting outlet. Like you, you and I kind of listen to similar music. So we like the indies. We like the rap. We like mm-hmm. all that, all that, the blend, the fusion, everything. So it's kind of cool, but I never really thought of that as an outlet, but maybe I'll try, bro. Yeah, man. I think that's why like I would highly, highly recommend would be just like start diving into stuff, man. Cause right now, yeah, you're in, we're in a situation where it's like social distancing and then school just got out and it's like, it's, you know, you have this time and this opportunity to like explore different avenues that you may have not you know thought about before um you know like what better opportunity is there to figure out whether or not you like making music you know or painting or drawing or graphic design um whatever man i think this is because you have i think like a really beautiful story that could be expressed in so many different ways that it's almost, I don't know, I like to think of it as sort of a duty for people 
that like it's your responsibility man you gotta share your story no i appreciate you man and uh i totally agree with you that because we we've when we're at work and even when we're texting all that we always vibe in the sense of like we have that same perspective where we just want to make the world a better place and we all have our own voice and we want to just make people feel like they're they're heard and make people feel like they're they're noticed you know and they're not alone and so that's i think that's the best thing about what you what you're doing right now actually so you're just trying to get as many voices as you can and just trying to like show the world like hey there's these many people that are out there and like you're not alone in anything that you do yeah. and i and i and i value that that message and that motto a lot bro like i vibe with that completely thanks man i think the main yeah. thing is that right now during this period of time people need a companion you know more than anything yeah. else and that companion can be a stranger on a microphone that you listen to through your your headphones yeah you know, that might be the companion yeah. that you need so i think more I or like less it. it's like a form of expressing myself you know by talking to people my friends it's also just a form of therapy in a way yeah man um it's it's it is that therapy, but it's it's your outlet for sure of trying to connect and communicate with people. And I I totally agree with your message and all that. And I want to, you're right. I want to take it a step further, but I don't know what that step is. You know what I mean? Like my outlet for that. So you're totally right. I have to find my hobby and I have to find my niche and all this. I like the the mentality as far as like your goal, right? I mean, it's to help people and to spread your message and yeah. all that which yeah. is a beautiful thing. Um, I want to go into like international, like nationality, like where you're from. Yeah, ahead, Has bro. that been something that you've wanted to explore? Have you wanted to travel, go back? Is your, does your mom have family over there? Anything like that? Yeah, we do have family uh, back in Vietnam, but it hasn't been a big like goal of mine to go back because there's a lot going on in Vietnam right now, uh, especially with communism and whatnot. So it's kind of, and it's kind of a little sketchy right now. So I don't have any uh, plans on going back there, but I do want to explore a bunch of cultures. So like the Japanese culture, um, I want to, I want to uh, also like dive into like Middle Eastern cultures. Cause I like that, the, the sense of like meditation and that self, self-awareness, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you just meditate, not a little bit, but you just kind of zone in. You kind of just focus on yourself. And that's really important for me right now. Cause myself like identity is kind of up there right now up there in a in a bad way like i don't know man it's just kind of like it just keeps like changing i don't know if it's evolving but it just it definitely keeps changing it doesn't stay the same so i'm just trying to figure out what what like my what i want actually i guess because i know what i want in life but I, now i want to know what i want in myself i guess huh how do those differ yeah, like how does what you want in life differ from what you, is like what you want for yourself like what i want in life is to help people for sure 100 okay. but i want for myself i don't know what like because i know helping people will bring me joy and happiness but i don't know what it is that'll complete me in a sense you know what i mean um, i'm not talking about like relationship or anything i'm talking about like what is that right that like more of an existential thing, that one little thing yeah but it's like that one little thing it's not even a big thing it's just that one little thing that i was just kind of like take off like that'll check all the boxes off in a sense that one little thing yeah security man i think it's security yeah. or i don't know maybe that's me yeah, like that. 
It's that's definitely one of them for sure. I mean, you need a sense you know of how security. you have a bunch of boxes, right? And you just you just tick them off as you go. Like this is what I am. This is what I am. Mm-hmm. But you can't hit select all because hitting select all means everything. And if one of them is not true, then you can't do it. Sure. Right? I'm trying to find that one box. What that one or two boxes are like to the hit select all. Yeah. So yeah. How does like um, I don't know, man. How does the next? I generally, I think people would be like, oh, okay, what's the next, you know, five years or whatever look like? But for you, I think as someone who is constantly changing and evolving uh, relative to what you just said, as far as like mentality and it's, you know, how do you see yourself in like a year as far as mentally? And I don't know. That's a good question because before the pandemic and all that, I kind of had a vision for myself. Like I was gonna get out of my comfort zone. And I was gonna go, go and do more stuff. Like socialize more. I'm a decently social person. But I wanted to really get out of my comfort zone and really like embrace like, like different things around different perspectives, so I could adopt a lot more. But because of this pandemic, it's hard to link up. And like I was gonna like when we got to Castle Portion, I was gonna either rush a fraternity or join a club and just kind of meet people and just be social in that sense. But now that it's, now that's taken away from us, now I'm just like, Hmm, now how do I replace that? You know? So the next year or so, I'm just kind of hoping to just get through it the best I can and just do the best I can. But there's no, I don't have any, any expectations really at the moment because I don't want to disappoint myself unrealistically, you know? Yeah. Has that no expectations thing been, a common theme in your life have you oh or has it been um, something that you've learned from have you set expectations in the past and then got burned and been like oh that was dumb i should not set expectations and then going forward you just don't set expectations anymore yeah uh i wish i could tell you that like i've grown from it but like i said it's up and down um i used to set really i used to set re- uh, very unrealistic goals for myself and I tried to meet them, and obviously I won't be able to, so I get disappointed. And later on, I started, it started being more realistic, more realistic. But the more realistic it got, and the more I couldn't meet it, it disappointed me even more. I mean? Yeah. Were you aware so that they were unrealistic like, initially huh? when you were doing them? Initially. Initially, kind so of. So you were like, oh, that's unrealistic. High. I just want to shoot but high. you want to just aim yeah. for it anyway, because, you know, if you exactly. shoot for the stars, you're going to land in a cloud. Or... Exactly. Okay. But, uh now as i set more realistic goals and if i did and there's only been a few that i haven't met but if i don't meet them then it just kind of like bums me out even more you know even harder than setting unrealistic goals and not meeting them because i knew they were it was impossible almost but these realistic goals not meeting them you're just like well crap like the hell what do i do now and then i mean how how do you see yourself well here's something that i think you we you talked about and then we kind of moved on, but you setting a goal for wanting to become more social or whatever, Mm -hmm. is that stemming from, you know, growing up or whatever, were you, I guess what I want to know is socially, how are you before, um, you got cancer and how are you now after cancer hasn't changed at all. And then also, I don't know, during, I guess, that period of time, how was, how did it impact you socially? Mm-hmm. So, like, in high school, I took the Myers-Briggs test, and it was, for, I was for sure extroverted, like, before cancer, for sure. But 
after cancer, I was more introverted and I didn't really like believe it, but then I took the test again and I became more introverted and more like a, not like a hermit, definitely not, but I, I like my alone time a lot. I like to read, that's how I recharge my alone time. I don't recharge with, with a bunch of people. I recharge with a few people that really, that hold close to my heart or I recharge by myself. Yeah. And I want, I didn't want to change that with the next year. I didn't want to, that's not the reason I want to be more social. I want to be more social to just gain more perspective and in ways that that might help me, I guess, think differently and think more positively or think more logically or think less emotionally maybe. Hmm. But I'm a very emotional being, so it doesn't really. I wanted to definitely make a make a move and change in that a little bit. Right. So that that emotional aspect that didn't change, but no, it did not. Unfortunately, it got worse. It got it got uh, it got charged like one like very high in a sense. So you got more emotional, but more distant, or at least yeah. less willing to go out and like engage with large groups of people. Yeah. Which so more yeah exactly so more sensitive, more uh, emotional, yet more introverted. So it was kind of it wasn't a very great pairing. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then exactly. now you're left with a deeper emotional capacity, but also maybe a lot more vulnerability. But then you're also yeah. put in a position where you don't have as many people to lean on as you did before when you were less emotionally charged. So I do have my, I do have my people to lean on for sure. I have a good group of friends that, that that are there for me no matter what, but I still feel that burden thing too. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't want to burden them. And I want to like take their time because they're still going through stuff as well. Do you feel like they, so do you balance. talk to them about that? Do they feel the same way? Cause is that a common thing amongst cancer survivors? No, it's all oh, kind of, oh, kind of because Damn, Boozer. Uh, so, like, a lot of, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of people, not just cancer survivors and patients, a lot of people feel like they're burdens to other people and they don't want to do that to other people because we all have a lot in our own plates, right? Yeah. But the thing is, when, when you overthink, I'm a big overthinker. When I overthink and I, blow things out of proportion in my head reaching out every single time that happens i can only imagine it's super annoying so that's why i don't like to i don't like to reach out every single time stuff happens when stuff gets really bad yeah i'll reach out once uh, like once in a while in a sense but i still try to limit that as much as i can because like i said everyone is going through their own stuff everyone's struggling um but i just don't feel like it's my my place to to ask for help or burn up or someone with my own problems or yeah yeah man anyway um yeah boozer you get me because we vibe and we we understand kind of we we have different perspectives and we also are open-minded so we like to listen to other people and other perspectives and try to gain our like to even to well-round ourselves kind of thing yeah so it's it's we try to think on all on all facets facets kind of thing and when personally, when I'm not able to, when I feel like I'm closed down because of my own like problems or situations or overthinking or whatever, it just becomes a whole mess because then I feel like I'm like an inconvenience to the world. There you go. And to like the people around me. And I don't like that feeling at all. Mm -hmm. So that was what I was going to really focus on this year. But it turns out 
it's going to be kind of tough because of everything going on with the world. Yeah. But I think also, I mean, you can view it, I think, maybe a little bit differently as far as I think using this time to maybe reach out to the people that you think you have been burdening or whatever, you know, and like having conversations with them in a different light because you're, I'm sure right now it hasn't been one of the, the similar context of like going out and reaching out and talking to people, you know, the same way. Cause now you have to actually like go on zoom or whatever. And it's different than like casual interactions that you would have with coworkers or classmates or whatever that is gone. And now in order to, have a conversation with someone or like interact with them. It has to be purposeful. Um, so I think if you are reaching out to people, it shows that you care, you know, and then I don't know. I think the whole burden thing may be a kind of like self like image, like you're thinking that, but I, my question would, I guess be, have you had anyone come to you? and tell you that like, Hey man, I'm sorry that I'm being a burden to you. And how have you responded to that? I'm really sorry. You need to relax. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never had, obviously never, uh, I have a good group of support around me. So I've never had anyone tell me that, but I just, I like, I think it's in my own head that I, I feel like I just, I'm holding people back when I talk about my problems for some reason and you're right it is a self-image thing it is a all in my head it's not really ever no one ever has ever told me that but i just feel like everyone's moving on with their own lives everyone's struggling so i do my struggles matter to other people you know and it, it goes back to that personality thing where like i'm gonna take care of as many people as i, I can you know but i don't want i don't i don't want to burden anyone with my own stuff because that's that's tough to deal with in a sense. That's just my opinion, sure. my perspective. Wait, no one's ever like talked to you and been like, Hey man, I'm sorry for being a burden. Like no one's ever. Oh yeah. People have done that. Yeah. yeah okay. So I've, I've told people, Hey, don't, don't feel like a burden. Reach out to me if you ever need it. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite about it. That's the thing. So you tell people so, like, that, but I'll then you people, don't hey, feel the same way about yourself. You don't feel like you can. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Why is that? I don't know, man. I, I can't. I'm still trying to figure that out. So you're available um, to other people, but you don't feel like people are I'm, available to you. It's not that I don't feel like people are available to me. I just feel like I am not deserving of people being available to me, I guess. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. No, it's, it's, I think it's. It's like a Mother Teresa complex, was, dude. I don't know if it's, it's the way I was. Yeah, it's not the way I was raised or anything, but it's just like the mindset that I've adopted and it's not healthy. I'm not saying it's healthy at all. I'm not like accepting my own thing. I'm trying to change it, but at the same time, it's just like, I can't help but to think that way. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. real. Right. And it's a genuine yeah. feeling. And as much as you, you know, want to fix it or get rid of it or whatever, it's like, dude, you don't have control over that shit. It's like depression or different yeah. things like that. It's exactly. like, people are like, Oh, you, yeah, that sucks that you go through that, man. Just like yeah. change your mentality. It's like, yeah, dude, I would love for there to be a switch that I can just turn on and off, you know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, people who don't understand mental illness or are closed-minded think that it's this thing that can be solved, like, instantly. With the flip of the switch, like you just said. 
there literally isn't. It takes time, whether it be medication, which no one should ever feel ashamed about, mm-hmm. whether it be reaching out for help with psychology or whether it just be a friend. Like I said, I'm a hypocrite about it, but I totally agree with having that support system around you and reaching out to them. I'm just not good at doing it myself. Right. Yeah. So from a personal perspective, um, yeah, man. I mean, I think mental health is super important. And I think it's something that during this period of time is obviously it's going to be rough for some people. Um, do you think the whole psychology aspect of wanting to study that has that contributed to you? I don't know. It ties back into your other goal, like wanting to understand people more. It's all like interconnected. Definitely. Uh, so it's funny. Um, I started, I was, I chose psychology as a major because it was going to be the easiest one for me to transfer to, to any Cal State from where I, from the position I was before this. Um, it turned out I could have been an early childhood major and done that with Cal State Fortune to become a child specialist, but I chose psychology. And when I found out about the early childhood, I was kind of thinking like, hey, should I do this instead? But my psychology courses really taught me like there's a different aspect to everything. There's there's a, there's multiple ways of thinking perspectives. There's multiple like schools of thought, but and you, you can't be the master of every single one. You got to choose which one you're most comfortable with, and the one that you kind of vibe with the most. And because of that, it just kind of taught me like everyone's going through something. You can't judge anyone because you can't see it from the outside. It's what's going on, on the inside that, that that's really affecting them. You know. Yeah. And yeah, we don't know what's what people. We can't judge people just by sight and just by looking at them. We have to kind of dive into every single person a little bit, whether we ask me how their day is, whether it be, you know, offering them something, whether it be like an ear or just whatever, an act of service. Like we just have to dive in a little bit deeper to each person, that human connection, like you said. Yeah. What do you think of the three? Okay, not even three. We don't need a number. What are like the main characteristics that you look for? in friends or people that you trust or allow into your group? Because I know that you are someone that, yeah, you want to help people and you're very like kind and loving and all that, but you are also someone who has a very small, I think, circle of trust. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you, how does one get into that circle of trust? Let's look at it. I mean, I'm sorry that I keep breaking it up into three phases, but I like to see the change of your perspective. So I guess the, how easy was it to become Vincent Nguyen's friend before the cancer and after the cancer? Has it changed as far as your trusting people and allowing them into your life or has it not changed at all? So I'm a, I feel like I'm a nice guy and I want, um, I want as many people to think of me as a friend so that I'm able to help as many people as I can. And that's just, be, that's me being honest completely. But it <laughs> sounds weird not to be considered my friend, but for me to like hold you to that, for you to be in that, that circle with me in a sense is someone that's, I guess, kind is really important. But also being able to like joke and being able to play around, but also remember at the end of the day that we're here for each other. So that kindness. Um, second thing is trust because I put my trust in a few people that I shouldn't have and it's bitten me back in the butt. So trust is a big thing where 
if I tell you something, I would hope that you keep it between us. And the last thing is just empathy, sympathy, compassion, any of those three, like someone that can kind of not, you don't have to completely understand where I'm coming from, but if you make that effort to take like that one second or two, just to kind of think and just kind of put yourself in my shoes, I'm so appreciative and so grateful of that. And that's, that's kind of what I, I look for in a friend, potential partner, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good, man. I really, yeah, bro. I like that. Um, I guess just some parting words, advice, people. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think you have a lot of good advice to give people just in general for life. Uh, what would be, I guess the main takeaway that you would want people to, you know, really understand about your story. Okay. Be kind. Um, everyone, I keep, I've said it multiple times over this, this interview kind of thing. Be kind. Everyone's going through something. Everyone's struggling in their own way. Um, you can't know what that is until you ask them what's going on or until you give them the time of day just to kind of see where they're coming from. Um, life's hard enough already. Let's try to be there for each other so we're not alone. Nice, man. Thank you for listening to The Double Life. And if you enjoyed my conversation with Vincent Nguyen, reach out, connect with him. He's out there. Um, yeah, and m- maybe just say hi to your friends, check in with them. It's probably also a good call. All right, bye.